Welcome to Tales from the Mooseverse. We're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. This episode brings us to the end of season two. We're so grateful to you, our listeners, for listening and supporting this podcast. If you haven't already, we invite you to join our Patreon team. This is a way for you to support this podcast and help bring this storytelling world to life for season three and beyond. And we have some thank you gifts as a token of our appreciation. Visit patreon.com slash to learn more and to join the Mooseverse Patreon team. Magic is broken, and Montgomery the Moose is the key to fixing it. In the magical land, Montgomery the Moose and friends have reunited with each other, except for Phoebe, who is still missing. The large purple dragon, known as the Scary Stanley, has decided that the only way Montgomery can fix magic is if they reunite all six dragons, Stanley's siblings, who he says are the protectors of magic in the universe. So now, let's find out what happened next. As always, stay tuned after the story for a way you can join in. So now, here's today's Tale from the Mooseverse. Tamar was distracted. She was pretty sure that whatever their friends decided to do next, she and her mom would leave them to find her sister and her father. It seems so strange to even think that. But she also realized she knew next to nothing about this magical land. We've been here for ages, she said to Dorothy eventually. Doesn't it ever get dark here? Ha, she replied. You've noticed. Yeah, time moves differently here. That's why you're not tired. But the light also has to do with the two suns. It does get dark once in a while, but most of the time at least one of the suns is out. That's so weird, Tamar replied, and then thought about it for a bit. So wait. What's once in a while? Like, how often does it get dark? Well, Dorothy calculated as she looked into the sky, it's a little difficult to compare it to time that we know because, like I said, time moves differently here. That's part of the magic of this place. And I think it doesn't always stay the same, like a leaf blowing in the wind, sometimes fast, sometimes slow. But when we were here looking for your dad, that sun, she pointed to the smaller one, seemed to set around every 27 hours. Oh, well, that's not much longer than a regular day, Tamar replied. But that one, Dorothy pointed across the sky to the larger sun, seemed to set every 17 days. What? That's crazy. Yeah, so it's daylight for 17 days straight. And then nighttime on and off for the next 17? Well, no, Dorothy answered with a chuckle. That would be too easy. Somehow it only stays dark for like eight hours, then light again, then dark for another four, then light for three, and then... She trailed off. Huh, Tamar said, not following the logic, before realizing that Dorothy was saying there really wasn't any. So, yeah, not much nighttime. I'm still worried about Phoebe, Tamar said quietly. Dorothy, who was feeling more positive about everything now, replied, I'm not. If I know your father, they're probably together. Really? Why would you think that? They haven't seen each other in years. And you haven't seen him in years either. Why would you think they'd be together? Ah, just instinct, she replied with a smile. Dorothy believed in the magic of this place, and she was excited for others to see it too. So now, dear listener, you may be wondering what happened to Phoebe. And the time has come to let you know. So we must go back a day or so, or seven hours, 
or 13 days. Like Dorothy said, time moves differently in this land. To the moment after Phoebe walked through the portal in the clump of grass in Maine. Her mind went blank, as if she was asleep, and the next thing she knew, she felt warm sun on her face, sand on her back, and the gentle sound of rolling water close by. Phoebe opened her eyes and sat up. She was on a beach. She was in the most pristine natural sand she had ever felt. Most of her experiences with sand had been playground sand or pond sand, neither of which felt like this. These grains of sand were so small and soft that they poured between her fingers like the water that was lapping up only a few feet away. She looked at the gentle waves coming in, wondering what was past them. She'd been in plenty of ponds before, but she didn't think any water could be bigger than Damariscotta Lake. She'd never seen an ocean before. This water looked endless. She was lost in thought about everything around her, and it was only when she saw a bright, multicolored bird flying overhead that her mind snapped to with panic. Tamar! Her head spun around, hoping to see her sister somewhere, and when she didn't, her voice grew louder and filled with more and more panic. Tamar! Tamar! Her shouting seemed to attract the colorful bird, which turned in a wide arc to fly in her direction. Her panic turned to fear. She couldn't tell the size of the bird, but its beak was large enough to scoop her up whole, and as Phoebe looked around the beach, there wasn't much shelter for her to use. She ran towards the nearest plant she saw, in the grass just above the beach, about ten feet away. The plant wasn't tall, but the five or six leaves it had were large enough that she thought it was her best chance to escape. She ran as fast as she could. A few paces from reaching it, though, the whole plant seemed to give a little squeak, and then the stems pulled down into the ground, until they pulled the leaves down into the ground, too leaving only a small hole in the soil where the plant had been a moment earlier. Huh? Phoebe couldn't help but ask out loud. She turned and saw that the bird was getting closer. She saw another plant a few feet away. Was that there before? She wondered, and ran towards it. Again, though, as she got close, the plant squeaked and pulled down into the ground. Phoebe noticed a third plant and ran toward it, but at this point she felt like even the plants wanted this bird to eat her. She turned to see how close the bird was. Maybe she could somehow twist out of the way when it came close, but it was too late. She saw darkness as the bird's beak reached out and grabbed her from the ground. I guess this is it, Phoebe thought to herself as they flew back up into the air. But then she realized the bird hadn't actually swallowed her yet, so she decided she could still fight her way free. She punched and kicked inside the bird's mouth as hard as she could, and the bird made various grumbling noises of pain and other sounds that someone would make if they were trying to speak but had a small person inside their mouth punching and kicking them. Phoebe could tell they were flying higher, and wondered what would happen if she managed to get out of the bird's beak, but she didn't feel like she had much choice, so she kept pushing, and eventually managed to stand and push up with her hands to open the beak. That's when she realized just how high up they were, at least 50 feet off the ground. 50 feet off the ground would be a lot, even for you and me. But for someone Phoebe's size, six inches tall, 50 feet was intensely scary. The bird kept making noises like it was trying to explain something. Then it paused and made two short sounds like it was asking Phoebe a question. Phoebe didn't reply, of course, because she was preoccupied with not being eaten. Suddenly, the bird tipped forward, so Phoebe was looking straight down at the ground way below and opened its beak. Phoebe lost all her grip and immediately tumbled out into the air. Ah! she shouted. The bird swooped down and grabbed Phoebe again by her left foot before flicking its beak up, sending Phoebe up into the air and looping under, so Phoebe landed on the bird's back with a thud. This time, Phoebe grabbed hold as tight as she could. 
Okay, finally, the bird said. Wow, that was really painful. Phoebe was glad not to be falling, and she knew the bird couldn't eat her from where she was. Her fear was starting to subside, and she was impressed with herself for managing to get out of a situation that seemed like certain death. Okay, the bird said. Now can you understand me? Put me down, Phoebe shouted back to the bird. Yes, I will, the bird replied, when we get where we're going. Did you not hear anything I said? What? I told you, the bird continued. You're obviously lost, and so I'm taking you to meet someone who's the same kind of creature as you. And there's another creature there, too. They both need help, and maybe if you help them, they can help you, too. Wait, what? You weren't trying to eat me? Eat you? No, that's gross. Besides, toucans only eat fruit, and sometimes eggs. I haven't seen any of those here. Well, I've seen eggs on trees, but when I tried them, they're super hard, and only have some white, chewy stuff inside. Not the kind of eggs I like. Toucans? Yeah, that's what I am, a toucan. And you're sure you don't want to eat me? Phoebe asked. No, honestly, that would be pretty disgusting. I mean, no offense. Unless, do you want me to eat you? No, of course not. No, that's what I thought. I thought you made that pretty clear before, just wasn't sure if you'd changed your mind. No, thanks, Phoebe replied. Despite being so high up, she was feeling much more relaxed now that she knew this creature, this toucan, was friendly. And it sounded like the toucan might be taking her to Tamar, so she started to feel much better about everything. As they flew on, they shared their stories. The toucan had also come from a different land, although certainly not Maine, Phoebe thought. The toucan's land only had one sun. He's from our world, thought Phoebe. But it had two moons. Oh, maybe not. They flew over hills and valleys. Phoebe marveled at the vibrant colors below and soaked in the warmth and the fruity smell, which was entirely different than either Cambridge or Maine. When they flew over a particularly high mountain, Phoebe looked around and realized that she could see all the way around. They were on an island. Where are we? Phoebe asked. The toucan took a moment to respond. Yeah, it's confusing at first, isn't it? But then didn't say any more, so Phoebe felt the need to follow up. What's out there? she asked. I mean, across the sea. I've flown out there a few times in different directions. Every time I've been out there, it's the same thing. The water just drops off. Drops off? Yeah, just goes out a little further than you can see from here, and then that's it. There's nothing past that. It's the end. I don't understand. Neither do I, really. Suddenly, the whole ground seemed to shift. The landmarks stayed in the same places, but the surface of the island seemed to turn like a rug on a bumpy floor, with the beach's sand moving to a hillside, and the snow from the peak of the mountain they'd just flown over moving a few hundred feet to fill up a nearby pond. The toucan let Phoebe know that they were almost there, and then lowered to ten feet or so above the ground, when Phoebe realized something was still lingering from how they met. Hey, Mr. Toucan, she started. Mister? the toucan replied. Oh, I'm sorry, Phoebe said, realizing she'd caused offense. I mean, Miss Toucan. No, I'm not, the toucan started. I mean, I am a boy. It's just no one has ever called me Mr. Toucan before. I kind of like it. Okay, Mr. Toucan. If you didn't want to eat me, why did you pick me up like that? How else was I going to pick you up? Well, your feet, I suppose. But I mean, why did you pick me up at all? Why didn't you just explain that you wanted to take me to someone? It's very hard to have a conversation with someone on the ground, you know. Phoebe was missing something. What? Why didn't you just land? Land? Mr. Toucan asked. Yeah. What's land? You know, it's when you're actually on the ground or in a tree or something. But how do I do that? 
Mr. Toucan asked. Wait, have you been flying around your whole life? Well, my life before coming here is a bit of a blur, but since I've been here, I think so, yeah. Then how do you... Phoebe wondered about eating and sleeping and so many other things before deciding, never mind. So wait, how do I land? I don't know, you're the bird, don't you just close your wings or something? Like this? Mr. Toucan's wings closed. Both creatures shot through the air towards the ground like a fast-moving bowling ball, while Phoebe shouted out, No! They crashed and tumbled head over heels with arms, legs, and wings tangling up and bending in ways they're not supposed to bend. Ooh, ow! They both moaned as everything settled. Mr. Toucan jumped up on both feet and happily said, Wow, landing really hurts! Ugh, yeah, it does, Phoebe groaned. Toucan? shouted a voice from a small cave a few feet from where they crashed. Is that you? Yes, Toucan replied, but I'm Mr. Toucan now, and I brought a new friend. Phoebe finally picked herself up, and she and Mr. Toucan walked into the cave. Phoebe couldn't believe what she was seeing. Her father, looking exactly the same as Phoebe remembered from her young childhood memories, was standing next to a glowing circle of some kind. Inside the circle, she could see into another world, but she instinctively knew this wasn't just a picture like she would sometimes see on a Hey Google, Hey Siri, I Need Help. This was an opening in space. A portal. And on the other side of the portal was an enormous blue dragon, locked up in some kind of prison cell, surrounded by what appeared to be castle walls. Dad? she whispered quietly. The man turned, clearly shaken by the word he had just heard, like it was a long-forgotten memory. Phoebe? His eyes glistened with tears. But how are you... how is that possible? Phoebe's mind was struggling to keep up with what she was seeing. Dad, what on earth is going on? On earth? Her father replied. Oh, you left earth a long time ago. You're in the realm of dragons now. To be continued in Season 3 of Tales from the Mooseverse. Thanks so much for listening to Tales from the Mooseverse. We hope you enjoy listening to each episode as much as we enjoy making it. Season 3 will be coming in summer 2020, and we look forward to sharing what's next with you. In the meantime, tell a friend who you think would enjoy the podcast. They can catch up with Seasons 1 and 2 before we come back for the new adventures. To keep up to date with Mooseverse news, sign up for the Tales from the Mooseverse newsletter at mooseverse.com. And remember to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mooseverse. You can also check out and order Tales from the Mooseverse t-shirts, notebooks, and pillows at mooseverse.com slash merchandise. And as always, now that you've heard this story, we'd love to hear your own stories. What do you think Phoebe and Tamar's dad, Michael, has been up to all these years? Why is this blue dragon imprisoned in a castle of some kind? And how do they tell time in this magical land if the sun's hardly ever set? And whatever happened to the frogs? We'd love to hear your stories about any of the Mooseverse characters, or any other characters you come up with who you think would fit in the Mooseverse. What do you think these characters get up to when they're not on some grand adventure in the realm of the dragons? Remember how this season started? On a train ride? They've come a long way since then, but we'd love to hear more stories about their everyday life. You can send your stories to hello at mooseverse.com. 
We'll post some on our website, and we may even include a snippet on a future episode of the podcast. After all, the stories we tell and the stories you tell are all part of the Mooseverse. Thanks for listening. See you in the summer for Season 3 of Tales from the Mooseverse.